This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Scarlett Hildebeidel talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, and with me as always are Dave and Scarlett. Guys, how's it going? Hmm, well, (laughs) (laughs) we're one month into this whole uh, thing and... That's true. Dave, you, your hair's growing out, Dave. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go right at it. Uh, and, and Scarlett, I'm just curious if you have tried to cut Brandon's hair yet. Um, well, I didn't even ask uh, Brooke, my wife, to cut my hair. I just went ahead and did it myself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> How'd that go? And, well, uh, it went better than I thought it would go. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. You know, and I had an electric razor, so I was able with the guard, and so I couldn't kill it too much. Yeah. But then again, I also realized when I got done, I'm like, huh, that wasn't as hard as I thought. And then it kind of <laughs> tr- depressed me, <laughs> thinking this should have been much more tough. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's okay. You know, I, yeah. I needed to go back a few times and kind of look in the mirror and get it in a better shape. But hey, yeah. that's 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 the way it is. It was free. There you right? go. <laughs> I know. But there you uh, go. yeah, think about your uh, hairstylist or your barber if you don't uh, uh, don't get to visit him or her yeah. right now. So I don't know. There you go, Scarlett. How go. you doing? You know, I'm doing, <clears throat> I'm doing well. Um, yeah, I have not cut Brandon's hair yet because you guys know he's got this whole slick back thing going. So I feel like that <laughs> buys him some time. You know, it just kind of, it's definitely needs, needs to be cut soon, but I don't know if I should be the one trying it. I'm, I'm not um, very good at being precise. So. Well, see, I'm kind of hoping that he ends up going back to uh, the hair that he had when I first met him. And uh, as a result of this, it was, it was, so he wasn't quite, he wasn't yet at, um, full uh, 80 year old man. (laughs) That's what he calls it. Yeah. He was not at slick back look yet, uh, with, um, with Uber hairspray. He was still kind (laughs) of swooped down a little bit. Um, he was in that Mm. in between of where he was in Miami and where he is now. (laughs) And uh, <laughs> really, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of remember it now. 2013, so um, yeah, kind of more of a 90s, yeah. softer look. Yeah. yeah, it was like <laughs> if if Kurt Cobain washed his hair, that's uh, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. yeah, it's very slicked now. I yeah. mean, even now working from home, it's still it's still very shellacked. Yeah, he, well, when he goes to get his hair cut, he says, I want I don't want it to be cool, I want it to look the same when I'm 80 years old. That's the haircut that I want. Nice. So he just wants to stick to what he likes and that's it for the rest of his life. You know, I respect that. I mean, I, I only change my hairstyle once every like 15 years. So, um, (laughs) isn't that, doesn't Trevin say that too? Trevin Wax. He's got like, yeah, but Trevin is 15. I know, but he's got, he says he's got a cut every uh, decade, like a style every decade. So we're still in the middle of his, uh, his decade, I think, but yeah. Yeah. I didn't I know, know there were that many man hairstyles if you have short hair. 
<laughs> well, no, there are that many options. I mean, there's there's a few different. I mean, there's there's the ones that are the the basically the on top mullet um, <laughs> slash new new mushroom cut um, <laughs> with the hard with the hard parts and whatnot. Those are those are not good. I do not like those, mm. uh, especially not for myself. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, I'm good with a soft part, you know, cause that's just kind of how my hair rolls. Um, I'm, I'm fully expecting that nineties hair is coming back for me. Um, you know, <laughs> so I mean, it, it's going to be really funny. Give it, um, and, and it is really amusing. Cause like over the last two weeks, I've seen people like post like pictures of family members trying to cut their hair. If they typically would go to a hairstylist or a mm-hmm. barber or something. <laughs> Uh, results are varied. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> um, yep. I don't know. I, I, I think to me, my uh, what's tricky is what you can't see, which would be the back. But yep. so when Brandon says how he wants to, you know, he wants to look when he's eighty. The mm-hmm. problem is he's going to have a hair when he's 80. I like, well, he I, has a really yeah. Well, he's got a good thick head of hair, and his grandfather has this thick white full. Nice. head of hair so gotcha nice. see my yeah. my hair is like the stock market it fluctuates <laughs> and um it's oh. like nicola it's like nicholas cage's hairline except i'm not doing hair plugs thank you very much <laughs> um and you know you just never know what's going to happen if there's going to be anything left as well so because there's already not much left so Oh, these are these are trying times folks right yeah. there so, yeah this is the hairstyle be- episode it is. There's gonna be there's gonna be some bad haircuts for like the results of bad haircuts for a while. Um, eventually, we're all gonna learn how to cut our hair, and then uh, we'll go right back to getting other people to do it. So, um, and that's okay. That's okay. If the world okay. doesn't end, I'm still convinced Jesus is gonna come back any second. Like well, for real. I was looking up end times stuff. I never. <laughs> I'm not. I oh, was. No. Oh, no. I, oh, no. I really got deep into it. Yesterday, I woke up. I never wake up at four. I woke up at four. Couldn't go back to sleep. I was like, let me just look up some of the prophecies. You know, man, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I would not. Never mind. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm about to get weird. I'm just, you, you know, I don't know. I think he's coming back soon. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I think that there's a good chance that that could happen. Um, and if so, that would be okay. I just feel like the things that would lead to like where we would all be like, oh, wow, this is really about to happen. Like if they were to happen right now, I would not be surprised at all. Would I'd you be, be like, would you yeah. be disappointed? No. Great. Disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, along those lines too, which just, even though we're not in, this isn't end times, I find it really funny. I've seen a few people online um uh, already trying to predict the movie being made about COVID-19, which is very eye-opening and morbid. And, and, and even <laughs> though if you've seen the movie Contagion, like it's eerily too similar. But I'm like, I can't, I'm not there yet. I'm sorry. I'm I'm years away from looking back and just saying, oh man, what like because I don't even know, you know, you kind of know on a on a ground level who the heroes are, but uh uh, it's just, uh, uh, yeah, I, I can make light of a lot of things. It's hard right now of this. Oy. So yeah. haircuts, we'll stick to haircuts in the meantime. So a butchered haircuts that it is. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, this is uh, this is this is an interesting episode, by the way, um, because I think we need to hand this this over. Um, um, that's true. You know, Aaron we had I, a, a very serious email conversation that was going back and forth, <laughs> where Scarlett said, "Okay, you know what, guys, enough of your silliness." And so, not true. <laughs> Sorry, is but. it mean it though? <laughs> Sorry, it though? carry on. She, no. was so, she was so mean about it, as you I can know. imagine. Hey, hey, so, hey, so hey. Yeah. Scarlett is taking on the role of benevolent dictator, and uh, <laughs> and we're going to have hopefully the classiest episode we've ever had. So Okay, one, guys, okay, one, I'm not classy. Two, that was not a proper assessment of what I was saying, <laughs> because <laughs> I love the silliness. What I was saying was, I don't feel like I bring anything to this podcast. <laughs> and so I wanted to contribute some ideas for things to talk about because a few weeks have gone by where I've been part of this podcast now and I've been like, man, I don't bring anything to this podcast. So I love the silliness and I'm not good at leading things. So please feel free to cut me off and fire me at any point. But I came with some ideas. Well, I've okay. said it on air, I've said it off air, and I'm saying it on air again. You don't have to worry about getting fired, Dave. <laughs> okay. I'm first. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm on the chopping block right now. So <laughs> so you're, you're fine, Scarlett. Don't yeah, worry. That's right. That's <laughs> okay. right. So these are not really connected in any way, I don't think. Again, I'm not good at this. These are just things that I thought about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm just going to ask some questions. Um, I love it. So my thought with this one, because it could go either way. And Dave, you reminded me that you have very briefly talked about this before. Um, But just the thought of giving books as gifts, I was wondering, one, if you do that, two, if that's been done to you, three, has it ever backfired or have you ever been like offended by a book that someone (laughs) gave you as a gift? Um, Those are the questions. Mm, Those are good. Talk amongst yourselves. That's a good question. (laughs) Yeah, so what I was referring to uh, when I responded initially to Scarlett uh, was that we did we talked about this. I think this is a question, and this was probably one of our, like, Goodreads questions we were doing with Barnabas. And Barnabas, right away, was like, I don't give books as gifts. I don't receive them as gifts. I don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> I only buy them for myself. Oh. I'm like, okay, wow. Well, in the discussion, you know, it was one of those uh, where I kind of just want to have a talk about it, just as you're doing, Scarlett, um, which I think it is a good question. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I love, uh, I, you know, books are such a personal thing to give because they say so much about like what you, of who you are and what you love and that you're willing to be vulnerable and share that with someone else um, whom you care about. Um, I take a lot of time and thought on trying to figure out what's the book that's going to help this person out. And it's not just like when someone asks us on Twitter, uh, you know, malcontents of like book recommendations, um, like Nathan was asking us the other day and I was thinking, he asked for a book about, you know, short, you know, just recommendations. I'm like, that that's like one way of looking at it. But then it's like someone you love and care for and they may not be like, they may not like to read as much as we do, but they want just a great recommendation. They want something that really is going to help them 
process something or help them get lost in a story that's going to be transformative. And I just love doing that. I, every year I, um, you know, with whatever team I've managed, I've tried to give each of them a particular book that I think that they would love and that they haven't probably read yet or been exposed to. Um, so every year it's been a little bit different. It's been everything from a Leifinger book, like we talked about uh, this past year, I gave a variety of Kent Kruger books to my team. As you notice, like working even at a uh, Christian publisher, like these aren't like in your face, Christian books. They're not Christian living books, not like how to books. They are, you know, great stories to get lost in because I feel like, you know, helping people to get lost in stories helps them better at what they do in anything in publishing. Um, I gave Unbroken, I think, years ago, like within the first year it came out to people because they didn't, you know, it, Unbroken is such a great story about resilience and ultimately about someone, yes, being broken, not necessarily unbroken in the sense, but uh, um, and ultimately coming to Christ. Um, yet it's a World War II backdrop, you know, so it kind of combines all those things that I love. Um I gave some Candace Millard history books to people because I thought, huh, if you're ever going to get interested in history, you have to like, you need a writer who's going to guide you in a, to really hone in and not be like a 500 page book and be more like a 250 to 300 page book that isn't as difficult to absorb. So yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. I love it. So there's yeah. my kind of, well, you know, not about answer. Yeah. Well, we um, we in the in the Armstrong Army, um, we are <laughs> the book giving people. So um, <laughs> for birthdays, for Christmases, for whatever, we do this with our kids. We do it with other people's kids um, as well. We don't give gifts to adults generally um, because <laughs> we all buy our own stuff, so it's fine. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so people know at this point that if they're getting a gift from the arm, if the kids are getting a gift from the Armstrongs, they're getting they're getting a book. Um, the question is always what kind of book, and that's where things get fun uh, because they never know exact. They'll never know exactly what kind it is, except that it's probably something that we found very interesting. Um, and they know that we have kind of offbeat senses of humor. So we, um, so recently, and most of our friends have very little kids. So, um, because we're the old parents now, which is really kind of depressing because we've got a teenager and, um, <laughs> and I didn't realize that I would be the old parent when I was 40, but okay, that's, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on this. It's, it's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the, so we have, uh, we have, uh, one set of friends, they've got a just turned three year old. And so we got her, um, so Emily was actually babysitting her one, one night and, um, brought over a book called dragons love tacos and she fell in love with this book and, <laughs> They got it out of the library and they read it over and over and over and over again. And this kid's got it memorized. It's amazing. And um, and so they uh, they got 
they haven't they hadn't been able to find you know dragons love tacos the original they only found the sequel um which is called dragons love tacos 2 the sequel so um <laughs> and it involves time travel into the first book and it's pretty it's very very funny um but they so we actually went out and we just got a copy of, of it because it's like we know you enjoy this and this is kind of our fault so you're welcome and uh <laughs> so we do that we do stuff with that we'll do um mo willem's books are are great fun mm. um yeah. when it comes to when it comes to other adults though um you know and, and i mean with my kid with my kids too it's it's like i just kind of observe observe their interests um, but I'm also uh, trying to help them branch out a little bit from where they are. Uh, generally, um, generally, they all like a lot of kind of fantasy type stuff, which is great. Um, but I don't want them just reading that. Um, you know, uh, I want, I'd like them to try to read other things. So that's where, you know, when we I'm really looking forward to a trip to McKay's again so that I can actually... Um, get them a whole bunch of stuff for really, really cheap, as opposed to what I have to do right now, which is not as cheap. So, um, <laughs> but uh, but even then, it'll be it'll be things that it's like I'll. There are books that I remember from when I was younger um, that I'm like, okay, I think this I think this would be appropriate and acceptable. So, um, so yeah, mm. yeah. So we are. Uh, we okay. are, we are the book people. Um, but what we do with adults is, um, I find that giving books to adults and and giving books to people in general is it's a very personal kind of thing. It's, um, and and I mean, there's a lot of for me, there's a lot of risk involved with it, or it feels like there's a lot of risk involved because it's like. Mm -hmm. A book I enjoyed that I want someone else to enjoy. It's like it can feel like um, not just if someone doesn't like the book that I that I enjoyed and recommended. It's that they don't like me, or they think there's something wrong with my tastes. So Dave right. hurt me deeply by saying that he did not like the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier you. and Clay because that means that he does not like me. All right, to Aww. be clear, no, 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 to be clear, that was a recommendation. That wasn't a gift from you. So <laughs> That's true. So I'm rejecting your gift. Uh, we reject <laughs> each other's recommendations. I, I would think that happens more than we, you would think, and we still love each other. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, noted that. I, I hope your tears didn't keep you up too late at night. So you know, I'm yeah. still crying right now on this episode, in fact. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, Scarlett, what about you then? Tell me. What, oh, what, what man. What do you think? I thought of the questions, but I don't know. Okay, let me think. Um, yeah, I think that. So it is fun. It's fun to give books to my kids because it's you know your kids so well, and <laughs> I love giving books to. Well, Joy's not really into books yet, but my oldest and my youngest really like books. But yeah, I agree with adults. I think it's very personal, and I think it's hard to. I don't know. I'm not afraid of feeling personally rejected like you are, Aaron, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. Wow. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No, I, my fear is just like, I guess it's not a fear. I just, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know what people, I guess you have to know someone really well to know, like even with Brandon, Brandon loves reading fantasy stuff. I would not know what to buy him because I don't love reading fantasy stuff, you know? So like, 
I would just be going to a, a shelf and looking up what's the best one. You know, I just feel like you've got to really, I think it's fun to give a book if you really know the genre and you know that they might appreciate it. Anyway, I don't know that I have a good answer for that. So I'm going to move on because I'm the dictator of the episode. So I can just move on. That's right. Well, Scarlett, just so <laughs> you know, I can help you with recommendations for Brandon. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But he's probably, I mean, he's read so much. <clears throat> you, you might but, okay. be surprised. I'll keep that in mind. Remember, I'm, remember I'm, I'm a fan of finding the deep cuts that no one okay. is aware of. So Okay. Okay. I'll remember that. Okay. So my next question, which is kind of tied to this, because, yes, this is a crazy time that none of us know how to talk about because it's like, mm. well, I saw this. I will mention this. I saw this meme, another COVID meme yesterday, and it was a, it was a picture of, Kanye, you know that how he can do that smile that's not really a smile. It's kind of like a grimace smile. Um, and so it was like it was like laughing at COVID memes in February, and it was like his biggest smile. And then it was like in March, and it was like a slightly smaller smile. And then it was like last week, and he's like almost totally grimacing. And then it was like today, and he's just like. And so I, I was like, mm-hmm. man, yeah, that's the thing. Like I was loving the the funny memes, but it's like every day I wake up to news of someone affected or you know it's just like man there's just there's a lot of sadness and pain right now um i got a call from a family member i love yesterday that who lost his job and it's just like mm-hmm. he doesn't he can't get work and he lost his job and he was top of his field for 30 years and it's just like what do you do with that so the next question i was thinking about since you all seem to both be pro giving books as gifts is um what are some books that you can think of that would be comforting books um you know besides obviously like the bible um what are some books that might bring comfort to people who are in a season of suffering or like right now people you know we're all kind of in a season of suffering so that's the next question oh i'll go well it really depends on kind of how that person is suffering i mean i think there are people who are literally physically suffering um, or suffering financially through this crisis um, or emotionally are because of uh, people they love who are, um, are lost or, or in, and in, in certainly in a lot more uh, difficulty in terms of their health right now. So I, I think there's a time for every book. I mean, to me, I mean, and, and by the way, I mean, we're, we're obviously just for the sake of, of this being a book discussion, excluding the word of God, um, but which I think should always be our primary way of how we encourage people who are, are suffering. Um, yet in terms of books, assuming there's the right context of, of they're okay to receive something. Like I have a, a guy who, you know, from my Sunday school class, who I love and adore a young guy in his twenties. And he's constantly asking me for, recommendations. It's everything from how to interpret this piece of scripture to, you know, um, people to look to for encouragement. And like, I would just recommend certain things to him. (laughs) You know, like I would give him, I would, I would talk to him. I would give him books that are about people overcoming hard times, everything from a book like Unbroken to a Churchill book about, a book about Churchill um, or, going back through even different parts of history, because that, to me, that just, that helped because it makes me realize I'm not alone. And I want people also who are suffering to realize they're not alone. That's also, and, and sometimes when you look throughout history, you realize 
wow, okay, we are suffering right now in, in a variety of ways and everyone it's a little bit different. But I think you can get some perspective by seeing that, A, this has happened before in different ways, although certainly is unique because of the sake of being 2020 and there's just different ways we can communicate. But um, it's not as though I'm going to go give someone a copy of the diary of Anne Frank right now, just because they're locked in their homes. I mean, because I shouldn't have done real. that. Let's be real. That is, that is, you know, that would be a slap <laughs> to the face to anyone complaining about having yeah. to get their food via Uber eats. You know? That would be a back to the former question of, have you ever been offended by a gift book? Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I, I feel really embarrassed right now. Um, and I'm not going to say why. <laughs> but... I forgive you, Aaron. It's fine. I okay. forgive you. All right. Thank you. Yeah. yeah no, but I mean, I'm, but I, I mean, I, 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 as I've shared in the last few episodes, like I've, I've certainly still been reading. I've, I've, I just have struggled to read with the same concentration as prior uh, to COVID-19 being what it is to us. Um, so, but I'm certainly open to if someone says, Hey, you need to read this because of X, Y, Z. Um, you know, <laughs> it'd have to be someone I trust as well, because if so, if someone is suffering, I've sure better have a relationship with them. I think if people who just provide blanket recommendations out there, <laughs> such as perhaps what we're doing right now, I think there needs to be a level of caution because I think it needs to have context of <laughs> what that particular person's going through. And everyone processes things different. I mean, just think about our kids, the way they process. Like one could shrug off something that puts the other child in tears for days. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, that's just kind of how God makes us a little bit. We just respond to things differently. So I think even adults <clears throat> who may not be crying, like with their sheets over their head for days on end, maybe some do, but everyone just processes things differently. So I would recommend different things based on where they are. Um, so mm-hmm. there's not like a blanket book, like, Hey, here's what you do. But I mean, I do believe books can be a really good friend, um, you know, in a time like this. I think the right one really does depend on who they are and where they are in terms of their perception of suffering. So there you go. Aaron, what do you got? Well, um, <laughs> well, well, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think of the last book that I was um, – particularly convicted by that I stopped reading and um, I mean there's one that I stopped reading but it isn't because it was convicting it wasn't because it was it was just it was just hard to read and so I'm it's still sitting on my on my pile and I am reading it I just haven't gotten it um, I haven't gotten very far in it because it's really really it's just heavy subject matter um, and so the, so there's, so there's that one, but, um, I mean, a book like, you know, say a radical or, you know, a, as one, that one, I didn't have a problem. Um, even though it, yes, is it a little bit preachy? Yeah, kinda, but I mean, that's the book. Um, it's also based on sermons. So of course it's going to be preachy. Um, <laughs> Um, but, uh, but I mean, I read that at a very particular time where it was very, very helpful to me. I don't know if I, if I went back to it, if I would find it as help, 
helpful now, but uh, but that's just kind of where we are. Um, and so, um, but I mean, you know, I tend to I tend to be very quick to drop a book in general if it's like I I just don't care. Um, that tends to be my criteria um, in general is if if it's not if there's not something that is interesting to me. Um, then I stop. And so maybe the, maybe the best one would actually be a business book most recently that was, um, <laughs> I think it was Ask by uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Levesque, I think his name is. Um, it's just, it's fluff and nonsense. It's, that's all it is. Like there's like a couple of little, there's a couple of nuggets in there that are helpful, but I mean, that's about it. And it's just like the, um, and then there's another one that is about like launch formulas and and things like that. And and again, it's it's all it, it's a pamphlet. And so yeah, those are those are the that tends to be the thing that that drives me nuts. If a book is wasting my time and obviously wasting my time, then I'm all done. Hmm. Well, I was gonna when, back when we were. Yeah, I agree. I'm that way too, Aaron. And I was going to say <clears throat> back to the giving books to suffering people question. Like when I've been given a book during suffering, I didn't read the book that was <laughs> given to me. You know, I think that you, it, it, it kind of depends on how you're going to read it. Like radical, you know, like where are you at in your life when you're reading radical? <laughs> I think that it, you know, books that are very convicting that are going to make you uncomfortable um, or even books that are just, you know, if somebody's, I'm kind of combining the two things we're talking about right now. If somebody gives you a book because you're suffering and they think this is going to point you to something true and something deep and comforting, and you're maybe in a place of anger or fear, it's not going to hit you right, you know? So, man, so like, again, combining what the two of you were just talking about, um, I was thinking about when I was in a season of like, dark, dark depression. And someone gave me a copy of the Ragamuffin Gospel. I think I talked about this last episode a little bit, but um, I did not read it for you. I was like, thank you. <laughs> and then I just put it on the shelf because I didn't want to read it. And I didn't read it until years and years and years and years later when I had already been transformed by the gospel. And I thought, man, if only I had opened that book that that lady gave me in that season of my life, it would have been amazing. And, and my life would have changed. I would have been, I would have stopped suffering in the spiritual ways I was suffering so much sooner. Um, but I, I think I read two pages and then dropped it. So anyway, sorry, that was a combination of the two questions, but, and then I've read other, um, other books like, uh, the gospel comes with a house key, which is a really, really amazing testimony. What's her name? Rosario, uh, Rosario Butterfield, Butterfield, Butterfield. Um, like what she does and what she writes about is an incredible picture of the gospel. I, you know, reading it, I was struggling like, okay, if this is like prescript prescriptive, then it's, it's like, uh, you know, but if you read it as just like, this is a testimony of how God changed her life and what she's doing, then it's amazing. But if you read it like, oh, if I don't have gatherings of 50 neighbors in my home every night, you know, then you can easily like, uh, you know, take it and as a condemnation on yourself. So anyway, I'm like you, Aaron, I drop books easily. Um, I think it's really cool to give books to people when you, if you, like you said, Dave, like if you're close to them and you Mm -hmm. feel like you have a place to say, you know, whatever this, this book, whatever it was, the ragamuffin gospel changed my life. 
I, I think you should read this. Yeah. What a loving thing to do, but it's up to that person and where they're at, how they're going to take it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's hard sometimes when people start, the masses of people start recommending a book that is extremely convicting. Uh, the selfish, sinful part of me kind of wants to go like, oh, great, another fad. But then <laughs> I've taken time to read through it at some point and realize like, okay, wow, this is, this is really good. I may not have been a place to receive that then, but, uh, but now I am. Um, and there's been like the two year men's group I'm going through, there's a handful of books and radicals. One of them, I, I confess I've not rad, read radical. I know the key points of it doesn't mean that I've truly read it, but cause I'm a bit also, I'm kind of a little afraid of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I realize how selfish I am and how I have adopted uh, a version of an American gospel as opposed to the true gospel possible in terms of how I live life and mm. how I lead um, in the family. And well, go ahead. Yeah, well, something to keep in mind too is, um, I mean, radical. Like, if you think about a, a book like Radical, Radical is like ten years, ten years old, eleven years old now, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it was written when uh, Platt was. It was Platt's first book, and he was in his very early thirties when he wrote mm -hmm. it. Which means that I mean it's gonna have it has a little bit of that um, youthful arrogance to it, um, where it's a little bit too definitive, where it shouldn't be definitive, um, and um, you know maybe is overstating a few things here and there to the point that I think he's actually walked back some of what he's said in more re in in a more recent work, um, or um, but. Um, but I could be wrong on that. So, um, because I don't know, I'm tired, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, but I don't, I mean, it's just one of those things where I don't, I don't know that, um, I don't know that he would even a hundred percent affirm everything the way that he said it in that book at this point hmm. in his life. <clears throat> well, it's like, the, it's like the gospel comes with the house key. It's like, you know, when I read about her having neighbor parties in her house every night, should that make me say, oh man, I better invite all the neighbors? No, but it should make me say, what am I doing to serve the, you know? Mm. So it's like, you know, and we have to remember that people like, and I'm saying this as someone who writes Christian books, like we are flawed humans writing these yeah. books and we're trying to use the stories that we're living and that God's given us to point to Jesus, but we're flawed. So we're, we're either going to say something in a way that, mm kind you know, isn't exactly, I mean, we're not writing the Bible, rewriting the Bible. So, um, yeah, I just try to look at those books and I was in a book club when I did the gospel comes to the house key. And I was just like, okay, I I'm going to fight back the, the temptation to read this and be like, Oh, you know, and yeah. I'm going to just read it as this is this woman's life and testimony. And I have a different one because I'm mm -hmm. a different person and God's put different, whatever. Go ahead, Dave. No, I'm, 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 no, I'm absolutely with you. And, and, and even though I haven't read her book, um, um, thank you for sharing uh, about that because, you know, I went immediately to thinking through, you know, when I came to know Jesus through Young Life, um, our area director and his wife, this is Herman Terry Adams. So I'll say their name because they're saints to me, but their home was just open to high school kids coming over all the time, you know, and they had five kids of their own, you know, and it just, like that would drive me nuts today yeah. 
because part of it too is like my personality is just different. I'm, I, I lean toward being a little bit more of an, of an introvert. I, I'm, I'm a little bit in between. I, I can turn it on, but the point is like I need space, whereas mm-hmm. I never had any space. And I was amazed and that would just, yeah. that would just drain me. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm with you because I, I, I would feel the same way like, well, I'm not doing that. And so therefore I'm not a good person. Or I'm not living up to what the gospel is calling that I think the gospel is calling me to do. But mm-hmm. then you look at and say, no, 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 no. It's the spirit of what they're doing. Right. You need to be asking that question, Scarlett. Like you hit it. It's that question. What am I doing to reflect the gospel from that perspective? So maybe your strengths are, you know what? I, I, well, it's kind of like, you know, it, it's the similar model of, you know, Jesus certainly had his 12 disciples and then he had a broader group of people following him, of course, in the mm-hmm. thousands at times. But then he would have just his three. So he knew how uh-huh. to scale in, right. terms of his, in terms of his relational ability. And then he uh-huh. knew, certainly knew how to be with, you know, with the Lord. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's uh, for all of us in terms of our strength, saying, you know, your strength could be like, you know, but take it and say, one-on-one, I just need to be spending time with this person. And to me, I thought like, okay, I'm, even though leading adult Sunday school, I know how to turn it on and lead from that perspective, but I can't do that day in and day out. I just don't think I have it emotionally in me, but I realized that from the one-on-one ministry standpoint, like I need to be ultra available to be able to love those people um, as they come up. And um, like, that's how I take it. Now it doesn't mean I'm doing it all the time. It just means that I'm like, okay, well maybe that's what that means to me of how God has, has made me. So that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. Well, listen, since I'm the dictator, I hate to do this, but I have, I'm going to be a guest on another podcast in a, in just a little while. So what are y'all reading right now? Well, I told y'all I was struggling a little bit, but, um, in the spirit of having a, a little bit more uninterrupted time, I have a few very long bios and I am going through the uh, Churchill walking with destiny bio, which is a lovely 1000 pages. <laughs> I'm uh, almost a couple hundred pages into it. It's Andrew Roberts biography that came out a few years ago and, uh, um, it, it is wonderful so far. I'm, I've read a handful of bios on Churchill, but, uh, uh, I love all the kind of micro micro yet large lessons at times that, that Churchill goes through and, I I was I actually was not going to read this, but I decided to kind of put it on top of the stack because I just figured, you know, with everything going on, it's a good time to kind of revisit someone who understands resilience. And uh, um, I think a lot of people know Churchill for his defiant speeches and so on. But what I love is you know, the dark, understanding the dark times and how he overcame things. Um, everything from his stammer to being ostracized more or less after World War One, and how he came back politically and even being more or less ousted right after World War Two, and, uh, and then becoming prime minister again a few years later. I just think uh, he's got a constant comeback um, comeback story and what's wonderful about Churchill is people think oh well you know he must have just been perfect you know and we know he's not it's just he struggled with depression like anyone uh, not, not like a lot of people would um, mm-hmm. you know he called it the old the, the old black dog and 
even those you feel like are so resilient, they struggle as well. And I don't have anywhere near the personality or the temperament to be able to uh, be in a mode like Churchill, but certainly I've realized like, okay, someone like that, you know, you're reminded like we're not alone in kind of what we do going through life and uh, especially through hard times. So I'm reading that and also the uh, Splendid in the Vile. I'm listening to the audiobook for that, which is about during the uh, uh, more or less the, the, the blitz uh, when Britain is being bombed after uh, having after Dunkirk and uh, and so on. So it's just a good good stories about resilience. So there you go, um, Dave. Can I ask you how many Churchill books do you think you've read, and what is the best one? Because I've never read a Churchill biography, and I want to read one. Yeah, um, I've probably read half a dozen, uh, and maybe more because there's some smaller ones I've read that are like <laughs> I don't know, just little bits of like wisdom or like quote books on him or I don't know if I qualify those books, but in terms of biographies or shorter stories, but my, I like ones that are kind of hone in on particular times of his life. So I always recommend, I think I, I, I think I posted um, for people who are asking, but hero of the empire by Candace Millard, which is fantastic. It is. Okay. Because it's all, it's all about kind of the making of Winston Churchill, of him escaping as a POW during the Boer War. And you may have no idea what the Boer War was, but it's more just the fact of he is a, an ambitious young person trying to insert himself in the middle of a war, even as a war correspondent. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and you learn about what he does with that fame as well to kind of launch his political career. I mean, it's just... Huh. It's just uh, fascinating so there i would recommend that one as a starting place because you get a feel for kind of who he is and it sets up everything else that happens later in his life which he's more famous for cool yeah Yeah, there you go what about you aaron well um i have been continuing to struggle to actually find time to read because um just as a as a quick little side rant um the whole idea of extra time right now is a horrible lie and doesn't actually exist for me. So, um, so I'm really jealous of everyone who has, who seems to have it, but, um, I did get through, um, I have actually, I've been, you know, going back into my, uh, my late nineties, early two thousands, um, look (laughs) at different, uh, different comic books right now. And, uh, I am just about finished JLA Volume 4 by Grant Morrison and have been introducing that to the kids as well, and it's been tons of fun. They've been having a good time with it. Um, I did finally finish uh, Kevin Wilson's Nothing to See Here. Um, Again, really interesting, really great fun, um, thoughtful thoughtful and weird kind of book all at the same time. And... um, Hmm. Yeah, and so I'm gonna try and uh, try and sit down on the weekend, hopefully, and read *Ember's End* by S.D. Smith, which um, I've gotten to the first page on so far. But because I haven't been able to focus, I haven't haven't been able to read it. So, so that's what I got. Hmm. Very cool. Um, so I started 
a biography this week on what's his name? Charles Schultz, the Peanuts creator. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So the it's called Schultz and Peanuts, and it's <laughs> by David my my cat and I am loving it. It is man, it's very fascinating because it starts out talking about later in his life just how he kind of acted uh, Schultz, how he just kind of acted like he didn't feel like he never felt like a big deal, despite the fact that he <laughs> was a very big deal while he was alive, you know? Um, and then it just takes you back to his, you know, beginning and the tragedy he went through his mom dying. And I, I don't know, it's just, it's pretty fat. I love peanuts. I love Snoopy. Charlie Brown Christmas is my favorite Christmas. <laughs> no, nah, maybe not my favorite Christmas movie, but it's so good. And so I'm loving it. It's really good so far. So. That's what, and I'm like, y- y'all, I'm still, I haven't finished reading the books I was reading last week. So I'm listening to this one. Um, and yeah, I'm loving it. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Well, yeah. guys, I think this has been a, uh, I think slash hope this has been a good discussion for us today. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> has it been a good discussion for us? <laughs> I hope yeah, so. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, this has been great. Yeah. You know what? Scarlet, Am I fired? I Am, is this? Are you firing me right now? Gosh, no. no Dave's still getting fired. So, um, Scarlet, we we like Scarlet the ben, Scarlet the benign dictator. Benevolent. <laughs> this is benevolent. <laughs> not benign. benign. No, Sorry. I like I like benign. That makes me sound like a tumor. <laughs> yeah, but I want to be the benign dictator. <laughs> as long as you're not the malignant dictator. <laughs> Yeah, I don't uh, want to be that. No, no. All right. So, um, so anyway, great job. Way to uh, way to keep us on track, Dave. Good job. Way to keep it uh, sane <laughs> for us all today. <laughs> and good job, me, for having to cut out during half the episode. So, uh, <laughs> can we talk about that real quick? Yeah, real quick. Um, in the middle of our conversation, this will be edited out. Aaron thought he was muted, but he had a work call, and so he disappeared. So. Hopefully y'all won't be able to tell. Just cut out what I'm saying right now. Never mind. No, no, this is. I'm destroying here. the. I'm destroying the. Ma- I'm destroying the magic. No, this is part of the magic of podcasting. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, guys, it was great to talk to you. Uh, we will. We will reconvene next week for another exciting episode. Um, and listeners, let us know if you see the show change categories in um, in any of our platforms, whether that's. Um, whether that's uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, uh, because we want to know. Um, because we we just made a shift on our on that um, in the back end of our hosting deal, and uh, I want to see if it takes. So, um, but we're not changing the content, and we're not moving away from Jesus. We're just changing the categories where we're listed. So there you go. Just in case you were concerned about that. <laughs> Um, All right. Hey, guys, thanks for hanging out, and uh, we will talk to you later. This is an Area Code podcast.